What if I told you there's a way you could be a second shooter at a family session so you can see exactly how the photographer prepares, how they interact with their clients, what they say when they're posing, or when they choose to use fluid motion, what they do when kids might not cooperate or dad might not be in the session. What if I told you there's a way you can see what the gear is that they're using, where they're positioning themselves when they're shooting, what factors they're taking into consideration when they're shooting, what if I told you there was a way you could see what their straight out of camera images look like, and then you could see their editing process too, so you know exactly how they get those start to finish images and those polished ones you see in your Instagram feed. Now what if I told you you could be that second shooter without ever having to leave your house? What if I told you that not only do you get to watch it from home, but you didn't have to remember every single thing you were trying to learn the first time you watched it? What if you could watch and rewatch as much as you wanted? How would that improve your images, your posing, your confidence? Now, what if I told you there is a way you could be a second shooter, not only for one photographer, but 26. That's exactly what you'll experience inside the 2024 online family retreat. Your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there. As soon as you can give something attention, as soon as you can underscore it and become aware of it, you can direct your intentions um, in in the right direction because otherwise we just fall into this space of being on autopilot. I mean, as human beings, that's what we do, you know? And so these habits that, that end up showing up as busyness, as overwhelm, as stress, as lack of work-life balance, it can be fixed if you just stop doing it on autopilot and, and be a bit more intentional with what we're doing. Mindful entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart-opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in-between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJeso, a mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur, and I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will give you real results. Because let's face it, having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is the place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is the Art and Soul Show. So hello, my friends. I hope you are having an amazing week wherever it is you're listening from. I am so excited to share my guest with you today. Brian Caparici is an award-winning wedding and portrait photographer based out of Font Hill, Canada. Now, in 2014, he was awarded his Master's of Photographic Arts. Brian is the lead content creator of SproutingPhotographer.com and the host of Sprouting Photographer podcast. He teaches at workshops across North America, including industry-leading conventions and conferences such as WPPI, Shutterfest, and Canada Photo Convention, and also, of course, the online Milky Way retreats. Brian is also the CEO and founder of Sprout Studio, He's a father of three gorgeous kiddos and a total family guy. Now, the reason why Brian is such a special person to me and why I wanted to share him with you is he has such a strong value system when it comes to business and his family. 
I find him incredibly inspirational on how he uses his values of making his family a priority, and he aligns it with his mission on helping photographers create profitable photography businesses. I am so excited to share this interview with you guys. So without further ado, here's Brian Caparici. Hello and welcome. I am so excited to have my buddy Brian Caparici on the show today. Welcome, Brian. Hey, Lisa. Thank you for having me. How you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. It's always fun to be on this side of the microphone. I'm so used to doing the interviews as the interviewer. So I want to talk a little bit about Sprout Studios and the power of planning in your business and creating systems and workflows. So what would be some simple first steps for someone who is just getting started with studio management, but they're a little bit overwhelmed and not really sure what to do first? I think this is a place that so many photographers find themselves in when they start using a system like Sprout or, or any system for that matter. I, I would almost even argue that you can draw a similar parallel to when you first opened up Photoshop for the first time. It's that, you know, we have this need, a photographer has a need for having a system and it's usually because they're stressed or overwhelmed or, <laughs> or can't stay organized, whatever the case is, there's that sort of pain that comes up that they're seeking a solution for. And the most challenging part of that is that, you know, you go looking for this, you know, Tylenol, you're looking for this solution and all the solutions take time to get set up. And so you're like, I don't have time. Like I have a boo-boo. I need a Tylenol. Let me just give me the Tylenol. Let me pop the pill. Let me move on and go on to something else. And, you know, all of us, the companies were like, great, like let's sit down and we'll have a little spa day and we'll give you some acupuncture and we'll give you a deep tissue massage. And at the end of it, we'll give you that, that Tylenol. And so it's okay to feel that way. I guess I say all that just to, just to, say it's normal. It's totally understandable. We're often in these places, you know, we're, we're in a firefighting type situation when we're looking at these systems. And so to feel like we don't have the time or to feel overwhelmed, it's only because it's compounded on top of what you're already dealing with. So my biggest piece of advice would be to take it one step at a time. And it sounds really simple and almost like obvious, but it it's something that I have found having run Sprout Studio now for the number of years that we have. It's something that a lot of photographers kind of sometimes seem to forget. They kind of want to get in and they do. They get overwhelmed and they they start to do everything all at once. And in doing that, they feel like they just they're just getting lost. They don't have a grip on it. They just they don't know what they're doing. They're running into issues. They're seeing things that they don't know what to expect. And there's all these things that happen. And so my advice would just be to to take it one step at a time, you know, to open it up and figure out like what is the logical process for integrating into a system like Sprout. And that's where I know like with us with Sprout, I don't know about the other systems, but with Sprout, we have, you know, some very specific guides for our users to say, hey, like when you're coming in, here's the best place to start. And once you've done that, here's the best place to go. Once you've done that, here's where you should go next. And so we try to hold the hands of our users because we understand that sort of state of mind that they're coming in uh, with. And so again, like Photoshop, it would be overwhelming if you just opened Photoshop and started to retouch a photograph right away. You know, you kind of have to learn, okay, let's let's understand what are layers in Photoshop, right? And then <laughs> exactly. it's like, okay, what is an adjustment layer? Like, is that something that you need to understand? 
how does the clone tool work? How does the brush work? How does, you know, the, and, and you kind of learn these things bit by bit. And I'd even argue that by the end of all of that, like if you're now just humming along in Photoshop and you're using it and you're proficient at it and you know what you're doing, I'm willing to bet that you probably still don't even use half the tools that are available to you in Photoshop. Exactly. Right. So, exactly. and it's not to say that like, you know, you're not going to use half a sprout, but it's, I, I, I say all that to say that, you know, these tools that are created to be adaptable to different photographers with different needs and in different industries, Photoshop is an example, Sprout Studio is an example. And so you might not use everything in there and that's okay. But if you take it one step at a time and you learn the basics and you kind of build on that foundation, you'll be able to figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and then, you know, sort of take it one bite at a time. Yeah, I love that. I'd say too, just if I, if I can add like a part a part B to that, Lisa. Of course. My my other thought would be, you know, Sprout Studio was designed to be a tool for photographers to help them run a better business. It's it's there to help them be organized. It's there to help them streamline their communications and their workflow, and it's there to help give their clients a better experience. And so you know, the business basics, you know, like things like contracts or taxes or or payments or like things like that, like it was built around the best practices in those different areas. And a lot of the times I've seen it where photographers will come in and they won't like how something is done because they're used to doing it a certain way. And when you really dig into it, you discover that Either they were doing it illegally before or maybe there was a better way to do it. And I think that there's just an element of approaching a new system with a fresh open mind and, you know, being okay with adapting your system makes for a much easier transition into a system. Because, you know, if you if you switch from if you switch from Windows to Mac OS and you're always looking in the top right corner for that X button, you're never going to find it because it's in the top left corner, (laughs) right? So it's a different, it's different. It doesn't mean that one's better over the other. It doesn't mean that one is broken. You shouldn't write into Apple and say, why is the, why is the X in the top left? It should be in the top right. It's like every system does it a little bit differently and they all have their own reasons. And so be open to, you know, perhaps implementing some changes in your business. And I would argue that for the photographers that come in and do use Sprout Studio to great success, but when they're open about it, they usually realize like, oh yeah, that is a better way to do it. Like that makes, that makes sense. I, I can give an example because I think, I think this might, might help with an example. Oh, I love that. Yeah. We've, <laughs> we've had photographers that would come in and they would get all upset with us because they say that once they send a contract to their client and their client, you know, requests changes or something, they say, why can't I change my contract? You know, if the client needs to reschedule the shoot date or if the client needs to whatever, like they'll say like, this is ridiculous. Why is there no edit button on my contract? And like, we often reply and say like, because you can't edit a contract. It's a, it's, if if you can edit it, it's not a legally binding document. Like that's illegal, (laughs) right? So what you have to do is send a new contract that is meant to replace any previous contracts or better yet send a cancellation contract and then issue a new contract. 
So that's how we do it in Sprout. Like you can have a contract, but once it's been signed, you can't edit it anymore. However, you can send more contracts if you need to. So that's just like an example of a process that like we've done the legal, the accounting, the financial investigations, the business best practices. I've been a professional photographer for 15 years. Like we've built Sprout to follow best practices so that photographers who are not necessarily entrepreneurs first can immediately adapt those best practices by just using Sprout Studio. Yes, because the business is not the sexy side of the photography. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to avoid that and bury your head in the sand. I know from experience that creating systems and workflows has really changed everything. Like it's just such a more calm business <laughs> than how it used to be. So I am, I'm huge about, um, I'm, I just love, I love different software studio management systems at the end of the day i'm i'm not one i'm i'm all, i'm also obviously like an educator in the industry and yes. as much as sprout studio is is my company and i do wholeheartedly believe that sprout studio is probably one of the one of the better options on the market at the end of the day, every photographer is going to have different preferences. Every photographer is going to have different nuances in their business. They're going to have an affinity to a certain company or a certain aesthetic or a certain look. And so I'm not here to say like it needs to be Sprout or none. I guess my, my main suggestion, I mean, obviously I would love to have everyone using Sprout, but my suggestion is just to use a system. Find the system that works for you. And it might not be the system that works for somebody else. And that's okay. But just find something that works for you and and sort of form a habit out of it. Yeah, totally love it. All right. So my next question is, is about creating an incredible experience for clients and why that can be such a powerful tool. I think today for photographers, it's become more and more difficult to succeed um, in in the market. You know, times are changing. Photography as a art form, as something that consumers enjoy or consume has changed like drastically just in overall the way that the way that photography is seen has changed and at the very same time the number of photographers has increased exponentially and so those two forces if if you, if you want to call it that are kind of in a way really having us as professional photographers look differently at what we create for people how we create it and how we can provide value to our clients. And I think that those photographers that are still hanging their hat exclusively on the I am a good photographer hook, I guess if that's I guess that's yeah. what you hang it, what's where you hang a hat. I was gonna say bandwagon, but bandwagon and hats don't really go well together. So <laughs> you know, v- photographers that that basically, you know, still just stand the ground of saying, I'm a good photographer, therefore that's why you should hire me. I think that there is merit in the skill set side. Like I, I've never been a proponent or one to say that that we should be ignorant to our photographic skill or our creative talent. There's huge value there, no question. But I don't think that that's enough anymore. I think that that almost in a way is assumed. If someone is looking into hiring you, mm-hmm. it's assumed that like, yeah, you're a good photographer. Like that's, yeah. that is what it is. And maybe there's nuances with your work and someone else's work and that's fine too. But that in and of itself is not enough for a photographer to succeed in today's market and moving forward as these forces continue to push us in different directions. And so I think the experience part of it 
is that sort of secret weapon. It is that part that can really help you as a photographer stand out in the market. It's a way that you can create value for what you do. It's a way that you can establish loyalty and build trust with your clients. It's a way that you can invite them into a story where they happen to be at the center of that story. I know, I know, Lisa, I think you and I have talked yeah. before about story brand. Um, and I'm such a huge proponent of Don uh, Miller and his work and, and the yes. way that he puts it. And if, if those listening haven't read Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, I very, very highly recommend it because it is sort of crucial in this whole concept of what I call experience design, this, this process of intentionally inviting our clients into this experience, putting them at the center of it, and building that experience with empathy and making it about more than just the photography, but maybe instead making the experience itself be the thing that they pay for and yeah. the photography is just a byproduct or a keepsake of the experience. I think oh, those I are the photographers, mm-hmm. those are the businesses that are going to thrive as we move move forward. Absolutely. It's like going to your favorite restaurant or just any restaurant that has amazing food. But then you go in there and you know there's like cardboard all over the walls or like they, you know you just sit on the floor and eat with like paper plates like that's not the experience you want with this incredible meal and i think that is so important that you know the service is has to be amazing the presentation has to be amazing i just i love the whole experience aspect and looking at it not just the photography it's the whole shebang absolutely so and and i think the thing too about creating an experience is it's you know Again, like it almost seems obvious as we talk about it here, Lisa, on, on the podcast is, you know, discussing that we need to be creating this experience. And a lot of photographers have elements of great experiences that they already create for their clients. The point that I really like to emphasize is that you need to do it in a way that it is repeatable. You need to do it in a way that you're being very mindful of how the client is feeling and what they're doing and what they're thinking at different parts of the experience. And we almost need to predict what they are going through and what they need from us before they ask us for it. Because that's how we can then truly build an empathetic customer experience for our clients. And then, of course, we have to find a way that we can do this time and time and time again. Because to order flowers for one of your clients because, you know, they did this wonderful thing or to send them a thank you card because they had a great order. But if you just do it one time, that in and of itself is not creating an experience for your clients in your business. It's doing one nice thing for one client, but it's reactionary. So if you can figure out a way to plan it and be proactive and implement it and again, make a habit out of it and and just integrate it as a part of your business, that is truly creating a experience-based business. Yes, I totally agree. Completely creating the habit. All right. So my next question is, I know how easy it is to get caught in the busy trap when you're working so hard in your business that you can't work on your business. And what strategies would you give to create the space to be able to work on the business too? I love this like balance of working on the business and working in the business. I think it's probably one of the biggest challenges that photographers face today. And, and, and I'd even argue that they've faced for, for many, many years because 
it's so easy to become, like I said earlier, talking about systems, it's so easy to become overwhelmed in the day to day, you know, the to do list Mm -hmm. that we just don't give ourselves that opportunity to come up for air and, 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 and take a good look around. I often, when I teach about productivity or about time management or about any of this stuff, you know, the whole lie of busy, I talk about, you know, living sort of in two different spaces in our business. Um, one is called when we're sort of in CEO mode. That's when we're working on our business. Mm-hmm. And one is when we're in worker B mode, which is when we're working in our business. And worker B mode is the emails, the editing, the shooting, the phone calls, the meetings, like all the things that we do. That's where we, you know, perceive that we make our money. Whereas CEO mode is when we actually put a pause on all that stuff and actually start to do some plans and implement some marketing initiatives and be proactive instead of just constantly putting out fires when we're in worker bee mode. Really, CEO mode is where we do the impactful work. Mm -hmm. That's actually where we make the money. Even though it seems like when we're shooting, we're making the money, it's the decisions that you make on how you run your business and your systems and how you do your marketing and your selling and the the experience that you create, all of that is CEO mode uh, work. And that's truly where we make the money. We might implement it. We might be an employee when we're doing worker bee mode, but the entrepreneurship stuff comes when we're in CEO mode. And so one of the biggest strategies that I that I teach photographers in giving themselves the space to do that is number one, to understand that difference. Because I think that that is something that we're maybe not always aware of, that there's these two different hats we have to wear in our business. And the second part is to make intentional decisions about giving yourself space in CEO mode. So, you know, plan out a weekly thing with yourself where you're going to do something or or make a plan of all the things that you want to accomplish this week, this month, this year, in CEO mode. Maybe you want to redo your pricing. Maybe you want to figure out this new marketing thing. Maybe you want to to increase your this. Maybe you want to get into IPS. Like Whatever the thing is, the goal is, plan out time to actually implement that. Because putting something down on paper saying, I want to do this, is is cheap. That's, that's meaningless. It doesn't do yeah. anything. It doesn't move you in the right direction. If you can actually put in your schedule, hey, every Friday morning from 9 o'clock until 12 o'clock, I'm only going to work on marketing my photography business. And you put it in your calendar and you treat it like an appointment with a client. And when you do that, it gives you that, it gives you permission to get out of worker bee mode. Yes. And exactly. it gives you that sort of like that little bounding box to say, great, this is when I'm going to hop into this space and I'm done at such and such time. And you need to give yourself that permission because if you don't, you're always going to have the excuse of saying, I don't have the time to do it because I'm just too busy right now. Yeah. And the reality is that that to-do list is never going to go away. <laughs> like your to-do list, it just gets bigger, right? It just, it just keeps going and going and going. There's always something to do. So if you are always waiting for that, the finish line just keeps moving on you. So you have to give yourself that water break. You have to give yourself that chance to just hop into CEO mode, spend the time focusing on the things that you know are important. And you know, you'll see the benefits um, in other areas of your business because you're now making time to make those big decisions. I love that. When you plan, you have a life <laughs> mm-hmm. and a business. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Now, I know there's a danger of wrapping up your identity in your photography business. And to be honest, I've been guilty of this too. So what advice would you give so photographers can avoid this? It's hard because we all want something to identify as, to identify with. It's, I mean, it's human nature, like the whole tribe mentality, the whole um, seeking of other people like us yeah. and identifying with that and, mm -hmm. and to an extent labeling ourselves with something. It's it's like it's part of our beings. It's part of us as as, as, as it's, it's, it, and it's so hard to it's so hard not to do that. So I, it's not that I would say like don't do that because I think that we need to we do need to have pride in what we do and and I think that it is a, it is a wonderful thing that we do as photographers. You know, I think that I, I've always said that becoming a full-time photographer is is truly a noble pursuit in my opinion because yeah. we are able to make um, a big impact on people's lives if we're doing this properly we're able to i mean if you think about it i mean we we heal people we we help people we build relationships mm -hmm. we we underscore traits in 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 those that we love i mean it's just it's i really do think that photography has such an incredible impact on people's lives and so the fact that we can do that and the fact that we can pursue that and the fact that we can call ourselves a photographer is something to be to be to be proud of Absolutely. Um, that that being said the danger like you said lisa is that we it becomes all consuming and that we exclusively identify with that or that we get engulfed in that identity or that we almost forget who we are beyond that. Yeah. And I really think that that just kind of comes down to an awareness thing. I love being very critical with wording because I think that our feelings and our actions often follow our words and the terminology that we use. And so, for example, this is not related to the identity part, but the the word busy. I've often spoken on the topic of busy in this whole idea of time management and productivity and how we find this crazy, crazy thing that we like to call work-life balance, which doesn't actually exist, by the way, but it's what we call work-life <laughs> balance, right? But I often, you know, and, and and I've got all kinds of stories that I tell with it, and there's a lot of ups and downs in the stories, but I, I always come back to say, you know, let's remove this word busy from our vocabulary mm -hmm. because busy ends up becoming this label, this measure of worth, Yep. This this uh, this thing that we use almost as like a measuring stick. And it's so dangerous. And I mean, oh my gosh, as soon as you become aware of that, it is just it's honestly crazy how automatic that word just just plays into our lives. You know, you see someone at the grocery store that you haven't seen and they say, Oh, how's business? You say, Oh, I'm just so busy. It's like, it's what like are you trying like, to prove? It's almost like we're using it as a code for success. Like a measuring, like if I'm busy, I'm successful. But the interesting thing is it's like, it's almost like the negative side of success. It's like, yes. imagine this. Imagine, Lisa, you, you see me at the grocery store. We haven't seen each other for a year. And you say, Brian, how is Sprout Studio doing? What if I said, you know what? Like, it's actually going really well. I just took three weeks off of vacation. My team is like doing fantastic. They're managing without me. They feel empowered and they're really happy doing what they're doing. And we're able to build this amazing product for photographers that can help them run their business. 
So that, that that's one way of answering. Whereas yeah. what if I what if I then instead said the thing that we always say, which is like, oh, Lisa, it's like I'm swamped, I'm drowning, it's so busy. Yeah. Like in your mind, you think that the second answer means that it's going better. But that's just because we've created this illusion that busy equals this measurement of of like you said of success and that's a really difficult game to play totally and you know we have this whole perspective society just has this perception about the hustle like if you're not hustling Mm -hmm. you're not successful right and i think that's so false yeah yeah a hundred percent and so you know when it comes to this whole idea of identity i use the example of busy because i think it's a way to just remind ourselves that you know Mm -hmm what's important and where we need to be putting our, our energy and our attention and that there needs to be that element of balance. But I think also when it comes to, you know, terminology, if we always just identify ourselves as a photographer, again, it's just that thing that we constantly remind ourselves of, it it, it can become all encompassing. So I guess I just say all that to encourage photographers who are listening to just be aware of it. You know, photography, yeah, it is what we do. And yes, it is important. And yes, we can make a huge impact. And yes, we love it. And yes, it is a lot of work. And yes, it can consume us. <laughs> but let's remember, A, why we did it in the first place. Yes. Let's remember some of the other things that we have in our lives that are important to us. And let's give ourselves space for that as well. And yeah. I think that almost in a way comes down to planning. You know, I talked a little bit ago about, you know, planning this CEO time. Well, I, I'm a huge proponent of planning personal things as well. Yeah. Planning days off, planning when you stop working for the day, yeah. planning outings with your kids, planning dates with your spouse, planning evenings with your friends, like whatever the case is, whatever you're into, whatever season of your life, you're, wherever you're at, you need to be intentional about giving your life attention to. Because yeah. if we live to work, then we're not doing, we're not really fulfilling what we hope to be fulfilling in our lives. And so I think at the end, at the end of the day, I have this, I have this one slide when I, when I do this talk on the live busy, um, where I say something to the extent, I may mess up the quote, but it's something to the extent of we spend more time planning a vacation than we do planning our lives. Oh, and, and that, I mean, it, I mean, so even as you say, even as you like react to that, it's like it is kind of a bit of like a hoof to the chest. But for a lot of a lot of people, a lot of and not just photographers, a lot of people, it's so true, mm-hmm. and it's kind of unfortunate when you really think about it. So I love the idea of like, you know, stopping now and like just giving yourself some space to be like, what am I trying to do? with photography? What am I hoping to get out of my business? What are the things in my life that are important? You know, maybe I've been putting off exercise. Maybe I've been putting off spending time with family, or maybe I put off my friends, or maybe, maybe I have been avoiding my kids, like whatever the case is, (laughs) you know, like you need to give yourself, I think a a good check-in to really, you know, put your life plan together and then build the business that supports that. Don't have your life work around your business. Love that. So a quote you once shared with um, the Milky Way, actually, for one of our retreats was, we often sacrifice our family's moments to photograph other families' moments. And I found this incredibly powerful. And it made me really look at what every yes to a new session meant for my family. Now, can you share with our listeners why this is so important? 
I think a lot of this kind of um, comes back to what we were just talking about, where oftentimes we drown ourselves in our photography business. And, and we keep saying, like you were saying, Lisa, we keep saying yes and yes and yes. And we book ourselves and we become busier mm-hmm. at the sacrifice of our own mental health, of our own well-being, of our own physical health sometimes, of yeah. our kids' uh, relationships with us of our spouse's relationships with us. And so is surface level as it might feel to say that, you know, we take pictures for other families at the, you know, at the detriment to, uh, of our own. And, and it could be taken as like, well, yeah, you spend an hour with another family and therefore you're not spending an hour with your family. But it, I think it goes much further than that kind of the way that we've, we've been talking this far where it's, it becomes this, this all consuming monster that just that just not only eats our time but eats our energy mm-hmm. and eats our mental space and our well-being to not be there for for again like the, those that we started doing this for in the first place and it's sort of just it's an, another you know example of like giving yourself that check-in to say I don't mean for like all this to be like, you know, I want photographers to like start, you know, start crying and leave this like, no. <laughs> leave this like, oh, man, I- what a downer that guy was. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, I think this is like, it's an honest conversation that we just need to have and just to have that awareness. Because yeah. it's, when you're in it, it's really hard to see that you are in it. Oh, it's so hard to see. Right? It's so like, hard. You need to like, come up and to 30,000 feet to say, okay, this is my life. Like I only get yep. this day once my yep. child is only going to be, you know, nine once on this one day. Once am I choosing the activities that I want to live my life and to like, am I happy? Am I happy? And just, right. you know, cause when you're in it and you're just doing it over and over and over, it is, it's so easy just to fall into that trap of not, being happy and not knowing how to get out of it. So I love that. Yeah. And I think, I think awareness um, is everything. I think, you know, awareness creates intention. Yes. I remember reading studies once um, when I gave a talk on, uh, this was related to live busy, but not quite live busy. And it was, you know, I remember reading these, these numbers and I was just like blown away. It was something like human beings do 70% of the things that we do on a daily basis. We do, subconsciously like we do without even thinking about it like we are on autopilot for 70 percent of the things that we do okay so i want to talk actually switch gears to a little bit you mentioned numbers but i actually want to go into business numbers and talking about a little bit why it's important to know your numbers because you know business really isn't sexy it's (laughs) it's hard and we avoid crunching these numbers um, and I know that you actually have a calculator on your site. Can you just tell a little bit more about that? For sure. This, this is this is the other area that I usually make people cry in. I'm, I'm just kidding. This, you know, it's um, it's it's this this pattern that we all find ourselves in as photographers, where you know we say, yes, I I want to do you know I want to photograph newborns, or I want to do family portraits, or I want to do weddings, or whatever the case is. We we were photographers first. Almost every photographer I've ever spoken to got into photography because they love photography, mm-hmm. and then they realized at some point that they had to make a living at it, and that there was this whole other component to running a business, and a huge part of that 
is this thing that our clients give us that we then make photographs for in exchange, which is called money. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's such a big part of what we do because not only obviously, like, is there, you know, the quote unquote bottom line, it's the income and the revenue that we make as, as photographers and the money that we can take home as, as the sort of, uh, the entrepreneur, um, in, in, in your photography uh, business. But, there's so much more associated with pricing. You know, value is associated in pricing. How people perceive something is associated with pricing. Sales and marketing are all tied in very closely to pricing. And so, you know, your pricing really, really does say a lot in your business. Mm-hmm. And it really is, uh, you know, a pillar of your business. And so, yeah, um, most photographers come in and they just are sort of like, I don't know, the photographer down the road charges charges this. So, you know, I'm like, I'm not quite as good as them, but like I'm a little bit better than this other photographer in the other direction down the road. So apparently there's like one road where all the photographers live. And so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? So like we just like, like almost, almost out of thin air, like we're like gathering apples out of this like imaginary tree. If you can, I'm literally doing it right now. I don't know if you can visualize this, but like we just pick prices and we just pick numbers and we kind of just throw it out there and, you know, we, we adjust and tweak and like, Oh, I think I didn't make enough money last year. So I'm just going to like, I'm just going to increase my prices a little bit. And like that little bit, the word a little bit is very subjective. Right. So, um, it's hard to, to like land on something concrete when you do it that way. And so, yeah, we do have a calculator. I've written a book. I've talked, I don't know, a hundred times on the topic of pricing. <laughs> We've got so many articles on our site about pricing, pricing for albums or pricing for prints or pricing for digitals and all kinds of things like that. And it's all really just there. And all of this is just shared to help photographers gather insight. You know, one way of doing things, there, there's not one way of doing things. There's there's many ways to do things. But I'm a I'm a proponent of the more educated you can be, the more intentional you can be with your decisions, the more of that insight you can gather to then make the right decision for you, the better those decisions will be because it's much better than, than, you know, picking those apples from the tree. So, um, that, that would be, that would be why I'd say it's, um, it's so important to know your numbers. Yeah, I, I agree. It is so easy to fall into that trap when you just follow that one person and you think like, just because they do it that way, is the only way to do that. So I love that you touched on there is no one way to run a photography business. And honestly, like that, that whole, I mean, I could go forever on that, on just that topic of like the comparison mindset is such a difficult place to be. Like there's a thousand quotes that that I could, you know, riff off. One, for example, is like, don't compare your behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Yeah. You know, we we get this advice from photographers, from educators, and I'm one of them that gives them, so I'm not I'm not throwing anybody <laughs> under the bus here. But like everyone has a different circumstance. Everyone has a different situation. Everyone's background is different. And so we really have to consider, we have to kind of consider everything. Um, and honestly, like what you see or what you hear might not actually be the case in a lot of the cases. Yes. Um, you know, I I often give this example of a duck swimming on the water. Have I, I don't know if I, have I shared this with you ever before, no, Lisa. I don't know if you remember. Okay, so you know, you go you go to this pond, and it's this you know beautiful pond, and you've got you know this beautiful long grass around it, these willow trees blowing in the wind. It's a you know wonderful Sunday afternoon, and you see this duck swimming in the water, and the duck is just 
you know, gliding gracefully in the water, just beautifully. And it's just almost seeming to swim back and forth and, and you know, kind of frolic along effortlessly. Mm-hmm. But what you don't know is that underneath the surface of that water, of that pond, the duck's feet are moving furiously to make it look effortless mm-hmm. above the surface. What you also don't know is that when a duck is born, it actually rides on its mom's back until it's comfortable and ready to go in the water. And even then, it goes under mom's wing until it learns how to swim, until eventually, after much practice, it figures out how to glide effortlessly while working really hard under the surface. And so, you know, that, that story, I think, is so true for many successful entrepreneurs for many educators, Lisa, like yourself or myself, um, like any other photographer that we might look at on social media or that we might read a post about or we may listen to an interview about where we say like, wow, I wish I could be like them. And what we don't realize is that, you know, what you see isn't the whole story. Yeah. There's a lot going on underneath the surface um, that, that you know, makes it look the way that it does above the surface. So true. I remember a time in my business, I was getting so frustrated with my photography work because my straight out of camera wasn't looking like someone's edited photo. And <laughs> right. I was like, but why? <laughs> but, like, I don't right. know why it doesn't look the same. And I was like, oh, because they edited it. <laughs> because they edited it. <laughs> right. 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 Like, yeah, for sure. Oh. <laughs> and I mean, that's, that's like a, that's a, that's an obvious thing. Like imagine how much there is that we compare to right? that it isn't so obvious to to do the comparison on like it's and that's why i just think the comparison you know the only person you should be comparing yourself to is yourself last week exactly. that's the best sort of point of measurement in my opinion yeah i love it so what's the best thing you've got going on in your life right now my kids oh. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm going to i'm going to bookend this that. with my kids <laughs> you know and and again i think i think it underscores like everything we've talked about here you know i i and i mentioned earlier i've been i've been a a, a full-time professional photographer for 15 years in my photography career i've achieved for me what i define as success you know my wife and i have always owned our vehicles we paid off our home we vacationed when we wanted like i've been able to make an impact on my clients lives i've been able to run the business that i wanted to my wife now has been able to be a stay-at-home mom with our kids for the last seven years all of that because of the money that i made with my camera and so for me like absolutely i have a lot to be proud of in my photography career and i am very proud of that and and no one or nothing can ever take that away at the same time, I'm also very proud of what I've done with Sprout and yeah. the impact that we've been able to make in the industry and through teaching and through the software and helping other photographers achieve those same successes that I that I was able to achieve. But I think, you know, beyond all of that, again, like without without getting into like the, sa- you know, overly sappy stuff, I suppose, all of that doesn't define me. Like I, I'm at, at the core of it. Like I'm... I'm a family man. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. And those are the things for me. That is the, those are the reasons I do what I do. And 
I don't have this stuff all figured out. Like everything we've just talked about, yeah. all of this was as much a reminder for me as it was as it was me trying to share with the photographers who are listening. Because you know, we all we all fall off the bandwagon. Oh, there, there, I can use bandwagon now instead <laughs> of the hat thing on the bandwagon. You know, we all fall off the bandwagon. We all need these reminders. And yeah, I mean, certainly, I have gone in and out of this of this sort of busy mindset and, and all the things that I have going on. But at the end of the day, the reason I do it all is because because I, I care for my family and I love my family and I want to provide for my family and I want my wife to continue to be a stay-at-home mom. I want her to be there to raise our kids and I want to be able to take time off and you know coach my kids' soccer teams and I want to be there to, to go to their piano recitals and you know go to class trips and, and like that's the stuff that's important to me. And that's those are the things that I've written down in my life plan for the things that are important. And I have tried to be intentional in designing my businesses to to serve that. Oh, that's great. That's what a good answer. <laughs> so thank you for joining me today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. It's been so enlightening. So, so many good. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this again because it was so good. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and listen to it again because <laughs> again, it's one of those things. We all, we all need the reminders, right? Exactly. Well, friends, wasn't that awesome? Brian Caparici is such a wealth of wisdom. And it was such a great reminder that we're all just a work in progress and how vitally important it is to set our intentions and to schedule in our CEO time in order to live the life we want. Hey, if you enjoyed this show, you have to come check out the Art and Soul Academy. It's where we take it to the next level. The Academy is full of incredible guest instructors with actionable tutorials that will give you big results quickly. It's where we focus on your business, your art, and you. Because you are more than just a photographer. You're an artist, a dreamer, a business boss, and a creative. And our goal is to help you create a business and life you are truly excited about. Thank you so much for joining me today and I'll see you next time.